Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host for Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for the women who aspire to inspire while keeping it real. A little housekeeping before we get into it, please follow or subscribe on iTunes and comments are currency, so please leave a comment on iTunes. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. So I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving this year. I actually stayed local. Um, As you may or may not know, I live in Washington, D.C. I actually moved here about three years ago um, from New York. And typically, I'm able to just go back to New York for a few days and come back. But I got to be honest with you, I just did not plan appropriately and found myself here in D.C. Um, But I have been really thankful to have been around some girlfriends, some new ones, some old ones. And I actually was invited to Thanksgiving dinner um, at a friend of a friend's house, a new friend. um, And she invited me and it was great time, great laughs, great conversation, amazing food. Um, and it was perfect. So however you celebrated your Thanksgiving, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I know the holidays is not the best time of the year for a lot of people. And I am very happy that more of us are are coming out and saying, yes, I understand the time of year that this is, but it's not always rainbows and fairy tales. Um, Which leads me to today's topic of how you are able to support those who may be grieving um, during this time of year or what you can do if you are grieving, which I know a thing or two about. So let's get into it. Tis the season where we're blasting our favorite Christmas carol by the incomparable Mariah Carey pulling out the Christmas decorations, drinking our favorite hot drinks, like a hot toddy, per se. But while the holidays can bring about some warm fuzzies, it still can be an emotional, difficult time of the year. Life is still happening all around us, and there is still loss of loved ones. You don't like or love your family dynamic, or the holidays can bring feelings of loneliness or all of the above. And before I continue, I want to share a trigger warning and disclosure as some of these examples I'm sharing are quite personal. So I'll say this. I find that people want to feel like they're being seen or feel connected to a person when others share their struggles or trauma. Almost like they get off on it. And this is not the space to glorify the struggle. While there is power to speaking my truth, it is not to excuse your victimhood or coddle anyone's feelings of less than because of the success I have experienced up to this point. I am sharing because I want to remove shame from my experiences and because I am or have worked through them. 
We all have scars, but there are after effects from overcoming the initial stages of trauma. And that is my intention when I am sharing with you. So this time of the year, especially December, isn't really the best time of the year for me. I've experienced some major trauma over the years. Some of it you may be familiar with. My mom died three days after Christmas when I was five years old. And knowing you'll never see part of your heart in physical physical form again, having to deal with the emotional effects that lingers afterwards is, is quite tough. I don't have the best relationship with my father. And while some people would say, fix it, I truly believe you have to love toxicity from a distance, even if it is your relatives. I've been dumped on New Year's Day by an ex while in my 20s and went into work the next day. I've been betrayed by another partner who not only lied to me and others around us about his relationship status for six months. And when I say lied, I mean even went as far as to say his wife had stage three breast cancer, which by the way, she did not. He made me feel so alone that I eventually and heartbreakingly terminated a pregnancy only two years ago. Yes, two years ago. And a sis was still posting on the gram because I wanted to just work out the shit in real time. And sometimes, albeit the lifetime story that it was, I can chuckle about some parts of the story now. It still occasionally stings. In other words, trauma can probably be my middle name. But so is strength. So is resilience. So is grace. So is restoration. Because while each of those experiences broke one part of me, it birthed another strong reincarnation of myself. The year I was dumped on New Year's Day, I ran my first half marathon and it reignited my love of fitness. We all know how that turned out. I'm a certified spin instructor and a yoga teacher. Being lied to and portrayed and getting an abortion showed me that I'm much stronger than I thought I was. The power to succeed wasn't in what man I linked up with, but knowing that with God by my side, I can do anything, like run a sustainable business self-funded. Dare I say, that trauma really was a catalyst for me living my best life, like almost unpeeling the layers of a higher self I knew existed, but didn't really think I'd ever get to meet. But I also understand that seeing trauma like this as a major catalyst for changes in my life takes a willpower and mental toughness that is seriously cultivated over time. So why am I sharing all of this? Several reasons. One, I'm setting the tone that just because what you see on IG is a realistic, honest, and overall content version of myself, I experience trauma too. I am not immune. Second, while my generation, us crazy millennials, are making breakthroughs and sharing trauma, some things are still taboo, especially conversations surrounding Black women and our bodies. And third, with a little asterisk, is maybe this will encourage you to see that there is life on the other side. Yes, you may have to resuscitate yourself, 
Yes, it'll be messy. Yes, you'll cry. Yes, you'll want to alienate yourself. And no, you will never be the same as you were before the trauma. But I can promise you this. If you want it, you'll be better and stronger. You'll understand your life is too precious to give up living your best life, whatever that looks like for you. In preparation of this episode, I asked my IG family how you deal with feelings of grief and what kind of support you'd want from close family and friends you have decided to let in when experiencing grief. First, thank you to everyone for sharing. And second, I wanted to compile a few ways you can try to work out your own grief or to support others who are grieving. Number one, get messy. Fucking cry, y'all. Cry behind closed doors, cry in the shower, sulk in that shit. I don't care what anyone says, but I really want you to feel the grief. Black women so often are not given the space to feel any emotion other than happiness or resilience. And that can be tiring AF. Give yourself the permission to feel your pain, to feel your shit. Because covering it up, baby, it isn't fair to you or the ones you love around you. Trust me on this one. Which leads me to number two. Extend yourself, Grace. Getting dumped isn't fun. Dealing with terminating a pregnancy, so much to handle. And let me say this, loss is different for everyone. Loss of a parent, a close friend, even if they're still alive, a pregnancy, a death, a romantic relationship. Regardless of the loss, extend yourself, Grace. Maybe there were or were not red flags. Yes, your friendship did not amicably end. Yes, you wish you had more time, and it's okay. There are seasons for everything. There are lessons you didn't know, and time is fleeting. Try not to blame yourself. I understand that try is the operative word here. Sis, it is not your fault. There are so many things happening outside of your or of our immediate orbit that we tend to think the onus is always on us. We have no idea what's happening in another person's life. So take this time to forgive yourself, which leads me to the next. Take your time. Don't feel compelled to be your old self because of your friends or family's comments. This is freaking annoying. You will never be the same. I don't care what anyone wants to say. Take this time to understand how this experience will affect you. It is now a part of your life quilt. It will take time to adjust. Use this time to become a little bit more introspective if you must. A really good but also heavy book that discusses the effects of trauma on your body is The Body Keeps Score. It is a heavy book, but I definitely recommend it and it will be in the show notes. And just a sidebar, and I actually will talk about this later on in the episode, but people who want to support those in grief do not, and I repeat, do not, make comments about the amount of time it's taking someone to process their grief. Everyone has to deal with trauma not only on a physical, but also mental and spiritual level. Some take longer than others to process. So please do not say, 
X experience happened four months ago or one year ago, you should move on. Just just don't do it. All right. So the next thing you can do to work through your grief is work if you must. So after my experience of terminating the pregnancy, I went back to teaching spin class, I believe about three to five days later. I focused on my business, anything to get my mind off of the trauma. And yes, fast forward, I saw my business income double. It was definitely tough. But ignoring what I love to do, the reason why I moved to D.C. in the first place was not the option. In other words, I went back to betting on myself. Do the things you love and do it often. If you love to dance, dance. If you love to paint, paint. If you love being a boss bitch, be that. And for me, working helped me slowly get back into the rhythm of some new normal. Go out and breathe. Just breathe, sis. I remember just not breathing or feeling like I wasn't for a very long time. Slowly peel off the covers, throw on some sweats, and breathe. Leave the headphones at home and become familiar again with your surroundings. Learn to begin taking the power back. Begin doing things that you enjoy. Is it going to matinees by yourself? Is it visiting museums? Keep doing the things you love. Come back to what brings you joy and breathe. I have to share this one because this is something that I have done. But seek unbiased help when you're ready. Maybe it's three months later or almost two years later. Certainly seek the help. African Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. There are several underlying reasons, but with this glaring statistic, it is so important to seek out therapy. Maybe you're at your wit's end or it's just maintenance, but it's so important to share insights with a trained therapist who can help you in doing the deep work. I recently began going to therapy again, and I started going because I recognized within myself that I was not open to experiencing joy. I noticed it affected my relationships. It affected how I treated myself. And going back to therapy is certainly helping with my outlook on experiencing joy. If you're looking for a therapist, there are great resources like Therapy for Black Girls and Open Path Psychotherapy, which is really great if you're on a budget. I first heard of Open Path from my league Teal several years ago and decided to finally give it a try. I've shared those resources and more in the show notes. This one is actually a suggestion from the IG fam. Begin a new tradition or celebration. So sometimes embracing the trauma means flipping it on its head, gaining your power back, controlling your narrative, and just celebrating. Whatever that looks like for you to soften this blow. Extra points if you're able to partner with your therapist to find a good way to celebrate without the guilt. Because that is important, celebrating without the guilt. I find that when we say we've moved on is not 100% accurate. Sure, we've moved on physically, but emotionally we feel attachments. And rightfully so. Trauma still lingers. But don't let it stop you from the expression of your highest self. 
I understand that this one will take time and I'm personally trying to understand how to incorporate new traditions and celebrations for myself. So we are in this one together. This episode, I shared seven ways to cope with experiencing grief, but of course there are tons more out there. Again, I'll share a few mental health resources for you to check out in the show notes as well. Even if you decide none of these are for you, I encourage you to find something to help restore you into a greater version of yourself. So how can someone support a person experiencing grief? This list is somewhat shorter, only three to be exact, and I'm sure there are other ideas. I highly encourage folks to share by sending me an email at hello at dartingcreative.com. So number one, this is a continuation of something I shared earlier in the episode. Leave the unsolicited comments and empty advice to yourself. (laughs) As I mentioned earlier, don't say to someone you've been in the house or you haven't been on a date or whatever in X amount of time. That is a one-way ticket to ignoring you and shutting down. Don't say everything happens for a reason either. And I'm speaking to myself too when I say this. It's like the meme that I shared a few weeks ago on Instagram. I know everything happens for a reason, but what the fuck? (laughs) It's the last thing a person who is experiencing grief wants to hear. Instead, number two, still invite them out or still have normal conversations. Sure, she may not come out. That doesn't mean to stop inviting her out. This still shows you care and want to make it as normal as possible. Don't make it about you and your feelings. Understand they'll come out with you when they're ready, but not inviting them will make her feel like she is being alienated and judged for feeling feelings. Still have normal conversations. If there's a topic that is uncomfortable to her, She'll let it be known, but don't treat her with kitten gloves. And number three, when she's ready to talk or when she has an episode, listen. Again, this is not about you. I have been on the receiving end and I've also been guilty of hijacking a conversation or two. So just let her talk. You sharing examples actually isn't a sign of solidarity but rather a sign of you trying to control a conversation that, again, is not about you. There actually is a term for this, narcissistic conversationalist. According to sociologist Charles Derber, it is often subtle and unconscious. It's the desire to take over a conversation, to do most of the talking, and to turn the focus of the exchange to yourself. I'll use a simple example. Let's say you said, I didn't get any sleep last night. And in response, I would say, oh, girl, me neither. I didn't fall asleep until 3 a.m. While you may feel it is empathetic, it actually redirects the conversation to my experience. Instead, I should ask questions that go deeper into why you didn't get more sleep or a more supportive response. This is a more thoughtful and engaging direction of the conversation because it allows the person to feel and be more seen and heard. This is certainly something we all need to be mindful of as we can all experience word vomit from time to time. 
And on that note, this wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara. Real talk for real women. If you like what you heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love, peace, and do you, boo.